Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest today is Amanda Betts, VP of Marketing at Skill Gigs. Amanda, Happy New Year and great to have you on the show. Yes, Happy New Year and thanks for having me. I'm actually really excited to have this conversation. Awesome. So let's get right into it. Let's start by having you tell us a little bit about Skill Gigs and your role there. Certainly. Well, I am the vice president of marketing for Skill Gigs Inc. Skill Gigs is going to grow in fame, just you watch. But if you're not familiar, Skill Gigs is a talent marketplace platform. Essentially, we target skilled healthcare and technology professionals and target them to great employers and opportunities they otherwise might not be aware of. We have patented technology that helps with the skill matching. It's it's rather slick, and we are definitely looking to take over 2022. Absolutely. And I think now is the perfect time, right? We need a tremendous need for healthcare workers oh my gosh, all yes. over the place. Mm-hmm. So you guys must be just a little bit busy. I'm imagining. Yes. There were no holidays. I think we whipped right through the end of the year and we're right off to the start of this year as if nothing happened. Yeah. Absolutely. So now you're the first executive marketing hire at the company, right? I am. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's it been like to begin building out a professional marketing function from the ground up? So it's more like the question of what is it like to jump into a moving car? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It's wild. I will say it's definitely wild. Fortunately, I am surrounded by incredibly intelligent and passionate individuals. So that part is great, as well as joining a group of individuals who, like myself, have a background in staffing. And so we have a really clear vision on how to improve that process. So that part is great. I'm definitely tasked with understanding their greatness and bringing it to the outward outside of just our own little bubble because we need others to be aware of there's other ways to go about either hiring and there's other ways to go about finding your next gig essentially so it's a lot so building from scratch a a type of function is it's a little bit like drinking through a a fire hose you know that good analogy definitely overwhelming but ultimately I'm, i'm strongly in the notion of I know what we're going towards. Mm -hmm. So part of it is just practicing no, as well as just embracing the oddities that come up. So it's a lot, but it's, it's definitely exciting. And when you say practicing no, what does that mean? Practicing no. So if you've ever been in a marketing function with a company of, of really intelligent individuals and they're now excited, like, oh, we now have marketing, let's do it. You find yourself, there are days where you're trying to optimize the 400 emails that are going out while also somebody going, hey, I need a proposal written. Mm, Yeah, there are day-to-day little tactical stuff that, of course, I'd love to help. But is that really best for the long run? Um, So it's a lot of just, hey, let's talk about it or let's table this or let's figure out what their true need is. How can we template things so it's not always one person doing everything. It's maybe not always a hard no, but more of like a soft, let's get back to it or let's figure out where this sits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being able to kind of draw boundaries and prioritize. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so what, what was the company doing in terms of marketing before they brought you on? They definitely were doing marketing like any good company. We hit the ground running in 2017 with a really heavy focus on the digital and technology talent. But by the grace of foresight, our CEO kind of wanted to push things towards healthcare before the great 2020 happening. And I think that's partly because he was told this wouldn't work for healthcare and he wanted to prove people wrong. And so we were getting into healthcare. And so like any good startup, they focused on the bare essentials, social media 
getting content out there, very much a day-by-day survival type of mechanism, some good old-fashioned growth hacking techniques, things of that nature. But I would say it's very focused on a top-of-funnel approach, more the merrier versus more of the right folks. So I'd say there has been marketing, and a lot of those tactics, we're going to remain the same. We're going to keep using them, but very much day-to-day, keep the lights on, top-of-funnel awareness type of play. So that's what they've been doing for the most part. Okay. And you've been with the company for how long now? November 1st. So that puts us at just over exactly two months. Okay. So really still pretty brand new. But since you've been there in these couple of months, what have you observed and sort of how has that helped shape what you're planning for 2022? There was a great book, and I can't remember who wrote it, so my apologies, but it's called The Founder's Mentality, and I read that a couple years back, and it's really about how some of the best brands, they take this passion from the original founder that had it, and it grows into like the culture and everything they do. This company has that, and I think Mm -hmm. for marketers, we want to work with companies that have a passion brand behind, so it makes change easier. It makes trying new things less scary. People are willing to take risks, because at the end of the day, we love the brand that we have and they have this and I'm so thankful to be a part of it because it's going to allow us to try to do some really neat things and be clever and creative moving forward. So that's the upside. The other side would be that because they've been moving so fast and so focused on the tech, the marketing and the actual external brand component of it has kind of been whatever people want it to be depending on the day. And so I'd say the focus has really been more around the last two months of how do we rein in our mission, vision, who we are to kind of make consistency so we can go back out with a consistent voice versus something random and disparate. So that's been kind of like the two month observation of what we have and what we can do to fix. Okay. So there's a lot of sort of internal uh, discussions that you have to have, right? To to kind of get everybody on board with what it means to have an up-to-date modern marketing function. What's that been like so far? Like how much pushback, if any, have you gotten from you know, leadership about, well, that's not how we do it here, or, you know, we're used to doing this. Like how, yeah. how has that inside stuff gone so far? I love that question. Kind of gets under the hood of the car a little bit. Now, I've certainly been in organizations where I have been fighting tooth and nail just to update a website that would be crashing every single week and trying to justify why we need a new website. Luckily here, being that skill gigs at the core is a tech company mm-hmm. from a MarTech perspective and those tools and essentials, they get it. They know they're important. And I wouldn't say there's necessarily been pushback. It's prioritizing everyone's time because I don't have a giant team of people to support me if I'm going to need some of our UX designers from our product team to jump in, it's when do I have them jump in and support knowing that they have to manage our product. And so it's, it's been more of putting together a really concise plan, educating people why it's important, and then just finding how do we actually get it done in a timely manner. So I think it's more of that challenge than pushback, which is great. So it's not a, hey, we can't do that. It's a matter of, sounds great. Not sure how we're going to do it, but best of luck. And so I think it's a matter of, of organizing strategy, making that kind of pitch and getting the right team involved to keep pushing things forward. So we'll get there and I'll keep building the team too. But mm-hmm. I think that's probably been the biggest, I guess you could say, hurdle uh, versus leadership pushback. Okay. Now you just mentioned building a team, which is obviously really important. So 
What's your strategy there when you're starting a marketing function mainly from scratch? How do you prioritize? Who do you hire first? Like, who are the people that you feel you need in place first in order to keep building that team? I mean, admittedly, I need a little bit of everything. So that is when I talk about drinking through that fire hose, part of that water stream is, oh my goodness, we need to build this team. How do I start? Like, what roles are the most priority? And I think part of it is indicative of where our product is right now. We have a couple things that, in my opinion, kind of differentiate us. And I want to focus on getting key people to help lead some of those product pieces. So that's more of a here and now, obviously, to get things out the door. But as we get more sophisticated and putting a bigger emphasis on integrated content. And so what I really need are really smart content folks and understanding the power of when we have a voice, where does it go? So that's where I want to start, but we'll see. I mean, I say that now, get back to me in a month and I might now need a whole suite of something different, but that's certainly where I'm focusing right now. Yeah. Okay. So the team is, is of crucial importance and also of course, strategy is really important. So at this really early straight, sorry, at this really early stage, how would you describe how your strategy is kind of developing yeah. In terms of, of creating an integrated approach where you have product marketing on one hand and the thought leadership stuff on the other hand, like it's, it's always a struggle for marketers to kind of blend those two. Yes. So, so what's, how is that shaping up just inside your head at this point? Oh gosh, it's probably shaping up a couple different ways. It always depends on who did I have my last meeting with is probably <laughs> where, where I'm thinking. I think in, in part of it is rather to take a step back and focus of, of what, the greatest need is going to be, yes, we are a product. At the end of the day, we have a platform. But I think where I'm trying to take the vision towards strategically is I want us to be a marketing company that just happens to have a product, right? In a former life, I was talking to an executive marketer, a CMO of a very well-known financial institution. And he was very adamant about the fact that we're actually a marketing company. We just happen to have a credit card. Hmm. And this whole idea of the attitude that marketing has a responsibility to own key parts of the funnel all the way down to the end conversion and even then some. So if I look at where we're at as an organization right now, very top of funnel focused, I got to figure out what type of marketing, what type of push through that marketing is involved in every stage of that funnel. There's going to be moments where it's very product centric, depending on either our client B2B audience or talent B2C audience. And other times it's good old fashioned, why us versus them type of content to really data rich and insightful information that only we can have based on our 100,000 plus profiles we have in our database. So it has to be a mix, but I think truly my journalist heart, that's my background, way, way background, it's content because content is also how you tell the story of your product. And the thing about our product is that it's constantly evolving. So I can't get fixated on selling the product as a square today because next week it might be a square with a circle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's going to con- constantly look and feel a little bit different. But if I can make sure the voice of our brand is out there, then that product can change more fluid as it needs to. Well, the brand of skill gigs remains the way it is. So it's, it's certainly, certainly a mix. And hopefully I got an answer in there for you. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, so what's your advice for somebody in your position who's the first executive marketing hire faced with the mandate that you have to, you know, build this all out? 
what's what's your advice having you know having two months under your belt so far yeah what would you say in terms of what you've learned about like what not to do and Mm. what to do in those early early stages sure i love this question and by no means is is my advice the best advice but this is kind of the way i would take it i think the short answer to modernize is actually to go old school as corny as that sounds but essentially for me it's it's a focus on building trust. Mm-hmm. And I say that in a way, especially in this virtual environment where we have to be almost over communicators and really connecting, going out of our way to connect because we don't have the water cooler to chat and get to know one another. It's building trust as quick as you can in order for you to lead with influence. And when I say about building trust, when you're joining a team, no matter what level you're in in that company, take a step back and just listen. I mean, there's no way that I could start challenging a thought process. There's no way I could start saying, hey, we need to try X now. If they didn't believe that I knew their product, knew their business, knew their culture. I've seen one too many and and coming from former executive roles in much, much bigger companies and seeing people join teams. And marketing especially, I've seen folks come in and want to copy and paste what they did before thinking Mm -hmm. it just works. It's a try and true playbook. But if you don't understand the industry, let alone the product or what you're trying to do, it falls flat and it feels forced. And no one really has time for that. So I think even more so in the last couple of years, how you build trust and build trust quick is so important. And what I mean by that is during normal onboarding, you're going to have one-on-ones with different leaders, different colleagues. And if you hear them mentioning this amazing person on their team who's really good at X or they really know this part of the product or whatever, proactively then schedule one-on-one with that person, get to know them, get to know their role, get to know what they're doing to contribute to the overall process because those type of connections go deep and they'll be more genuine. So when you do want to put back some feedback or some constructive criticism, or if you want to try something new, people will be more willing to listen because they trust that you know what they're already doing or know the product. And it's less of that conflict up front. So my word of advice is figure out how to build trust within the brand, within the camaraderie, within the team structure, virtual or in person, as fast as you can. Yeah, that's yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I love that. I think that's a really great insight because there's so much on your plate. And just thinking about the tech stack alone is like a whole, oh, yeah. a whole process, right? <laughs> but I think if I'm hearing you correctly, it's like before going there, take a breath take a minute, take a couple minutes and just interact one-on-one with the people yeah. who've been there, who have been doing this and all across the company and especially with sales, right? The people who are actually are tasked with closing deals. I mean, they're the people you're most directly supporting with marketing, right? Yeah, before. Like that's, if, you, if you don't do that, I'm, I'm assuming, it's just going to make your job all so much harder. Yeah, I was proposing some messaging, like core messaging changes. It'd be really naive to do that without first listening in on how sales folks are pitching us. How are you already communicating? What's already comfortable based on what you know? And then I had a really super, probably too thorough tech deep dive demo of our platform. I'm thankful for it. There Mm -hmm. are definitely pieces of it where I was like, please stop, reverse, and redo that because I'm not quite sure what I just saw or heard because it gets so technical but I'm thankful for the notes that I have. So the next time I might reach out to a team member who is responsible for that piece of software, I can talk their language and then they trust me a little bit more or quicker yeah. to listen back to me if I'm able to, you know, meet them at their point. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
And, you know, you, you mentioned before that one of your major tasks is just building out the brand of the company, like the voice, you know, what, what do we sound like to other people? Tell me what you think. I mean, I'd never quite thought about it this way before, but it seems that the best brands, the most authentic brands have to come somehow from the internal, from the relationships of the people who work at the company. Mm -hmm. And that if there's, if, if those are good relationships and there's camaraderie there that that will kind of that will really inform the brand in a really authentic way yeah, yeah. does that make sense i'm i'm, I'm not sure if, if that's true, no, it's true. But what do you think it's true and the, you know the first series of questions i asked in my round robin of meeting folks is why do you think we exist hmm. right it's not like the what work we're doing existed 20 years ago because it couldn't have existed because technology that we're using didn't exist 20 years ago so why do we exist now and what was interesting is the common theme I kept hearing from everyone. And it could be because they've all been having the same conversations, but I'm not the only new person to join. So hearing why other people or why did you join skill gigs or why is it, do we exist or two critical questions and taking some of the words from there kind of help shape. Why do we exist? And that kind of creates that mentality of how we communicate. We exist to be disruptors. We exist to challenge the status quo of this traditional model of how people get hired at volume, at scale, big companies, small employers, whatever it might be, because there's a different way of doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I think taking that kind of attitude, a little bit of a chip on the shoulder type of mentality is what we want to exude forward because we're naturally talking that way. So when we talk about brand adoption and creating brand ambassadors, I'm not challenging how anyone's necessarily already thinking or talking about us. It's just, molding it in a way that can hopefully create better stickiness mm -hmm. yeah yeah i th that's really cool i like that why do we exist it's like the most fundamental question you could ask and i think that comes from a journalism background i have i'm i come from journalism too there you go and you know if, if you've done some journalism or that kind of story writing you know those are the best questions usually why right. why did this happen why do you think that that's where you get to the core of whatever it is you're trying to write about Yep. So that's, yeah, that, that's really smart. And, you know, I bet when you ask that question, a lot, I, I bet for a lot of those folks, no one had ever quite asked them that before. I always get kind of that big smile of, Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. And they're nervous in terms of maybe being inappropriate in their response, but it's okay. Give it to me. Like, why do you genuinely think we exist? Because it could be for some off the wall reason. And it could be as simply as I sat in a taxi one day and I'm like, this is very annoying. I, I can't rate this person. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. I want to get an Uber. Why isn't the job market more like an Uber? You know, Boom. There thing. you go. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Really cool. Well, Amanda, thanks for all that. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for the insights. I learned a lot. And again, happy new year. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.